Welcome to the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Bud and Nadir, where aspiring champs come to get the latest and most accurate information to become top tier. Let's get on with the episode. Another week of football has gone by, and another week the Jets do not have a win. I'm Natter alongside Bud. How are you today? I'm good. Not a surprise. They actually played better than I thought they were. I, I was not surprised by their play. I think I said, didn't I say last episode, or was it Friday's episode, that I think the Jets might actually come away with a win? And it didn't happen. It didn't happen, but I do want to pat ourselves on the back once again. Nick Folk, our kicker of the week, going off once again. That is another predicted kicker and another satisfied customer. Do you know Do you know why they why? played better? Why? Because Adam Gase gave up his uh, play-calling duties. That's right. He did say he's going to uh-huh. give up play-calling duties. So, so, <laughs> so you, I'm not even going to get into it right now. The I, I made my guru. point. Everyone can go. I made my point. Well, that just means he is an offensive guru because he adapted to the situation. No, he didn't adapt to he anything. Adapted. Get out of here, He dude. adapted, baby. Dude, unbelievable. He is he adapted to nothing. Guru. He, he just adapted. He adapted to nothing. He gave it to someone else to make him look better. And okay. it worked, so it now he looks horrible. better. Dude doesn't even know what he's doing. Uh, clearly, he almost beat one of the best defenses in the NFL. The offense played better because he wasn't involved. Which is him being involved because he gave the offensive coordinator the powers. Therefore, he involved in that pick. So then why would just – if I'm the head coach, then yes. I could do the same thing as Adam Gase is what you're telling me. Okay, yeah. Because I'm just, I'm just like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and then if they do bad, it's not your fault. He's a genius. I don't, I don't, we I don't have, know. We you're, have you're, different expectations you're, you're, of genius You're just here. like, I don't know. I, I am in the year 3000. You're in the year 1995 right now. Your your logic is you got to pick it up a little bit, you know? They hired him to be a guru, correct? Yeah. Is he an offensive guru? He's a genius. He is a horrible, a genius. horrible offensive oh coach. Oh, my God. I love it. Absolutely trash. So, <laughs> so we got, of course, your headlines on part today. We're going to do a... After that, we're going to do a cut list of players you should just get rid of. Cut your ties. Don't waste your time on them. And start looking for newer talent on your roster. And then, of course, Thursday Night Football. All the good stuff. NFL headlines. Ben Roethlisberger added to the COVID list. So it wasn't two bad knees that set him out. It was the coronavirus. It was two bad knees, too. Yeah. Do you think he's faking the coronavirus? I think like he fakes injuries. I think they might have faked positive a COVID test so they can take him off of the IR whenever they want. I think that was dirty play. You think so? Is that, is that a ten four hat theory? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I feel like there's some like merit for that. I mean, all of a sudden he goes from injured to COVID. Is you that can, like you can still get COVID if you're injured? Yeah, but like <laughs> it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It's convenient. <laughs> It is convenient. It's convenient is what I'm saying. But it is possible. It is possible. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. I mean, on two bad knees. You can't really do much on two bad knees. Oh. I mean, when, when you're Do you really think the around, knees are actually bad? Or he's just milking it for everything he's worth? No, he's milking a lot right now. He's milking two bad knees, bad shoulder, balding hair. 
Uh, I mean, COVID now, he's, a lot of milking going on. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's just a coincidence that, you know, when you're rolling a wheelchair or on a walking boot, you found a way to catch the Rona. Yeah. 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 T.Y. Hilton says he is close to return. It may play Thursday night. Anyone care? No, I, don't, I really don't care. I mean, surprisingly enough, he is still the uh, leading receiver. Actually, sorry, no. Uh, Pascal is 50 yards ahead of him on the leading receiver list for the Colts. I think that is all you need to know for that. When you have Phillip Rivers throwing you the ball, and uh, you just suck. It, it, it's just not good. So uh, here's a fun game for you. Who has more? Uh, which is a bigger number? Uh, <laughs> Philip Rivers' kids or touchdowns? Kids. Kids. Congratulations. Uh, New York, uh, Sam Darnold is trying to play week 11. Will Adam Gase let him play? No, or actually, actually, will the offensive coordinator let him play? There you go. Sorry, I was sorry. about to correct let me, you for let me a second. Yeah, that. there you go. I hope the offensive coordinator lets him play because I, I do want to see what Sam Darnold has. Uh, we have not seen a good enough sample size to see how good or talented he is. And uh, I think if he plays semi-decent, a lot of teams are going to be calling to see if they could uh, snag John, uh, Donald on for the cheap because I think they're going to go for a quarterback uh, in the next year draft. They'll get roasted if they don't go for Lawrence, if he's there. Um, it depends how Sam Darnold plays. Uh, if he plays pretty well, then I could see them going somewhere else other than a quarterback. Potentially. Potentially. Or so, trade out. Yeah, exactly. So, speaking of the New York Jets, uh, they are officially out of playoff contention. No way. I, really? I, I thought they had a chance. They, they I were thought close. they had a chance. They were close. They, lo- they were looking good, looking solid. But uh, So, what you're saying they is weren't able to make those, it happen. those last place teams have potential as to make of, playoffs as of right for, now. for fantasy leagues right now. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, you, uh, have, you have some sort of... If Jets have potential or had potential to make playoffs, then... The lower end guys maybe have a, a, a half a percent to make playoffs. If it is a six-team playoffs, you always have a chance. All it takes is two good weeks and two bad weeks from somebody else. That's it. You you, you got to never stop fighting in your fantasy leagues because stranger things have happened. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Russell danger. Let Russ cook. Sorry, we're just going off proverbs now. So <laughs> speaking of more of the Jets, Joe Flacco has surpassed Joe Montana on the all-time yards list. Congratulations. This is what being elite does for you. You surpass the best quarterback of all time because you already are the best quarterback of all time, and that is the elite Joe Flacco. He reminds me of Danny Dimes. Why is that? He's trash. <laughs> <laughs> never talk, never disrespect did, did my that, boy Did it hurt, that hurt your feelings a little a bit? A little bit. Never disrespect okay, okay. my boy Danny Dimes like that. Had ever, to. ever, ever, ever again. So, unfortunately, there isn't too much real actual fantasy football news. Everybody is keeping their injury reports close to their chest. So, we are going to have to wait and see throughout the week so we can start reeling in, reeling in those injury reports. Right now, we all know we're waiting for Christian McCaffrey. Some, some type of news to come out. We're waiting for Kenny Galladay. Something to come out. Right now, we were going to talk about A.J. Brown, but he went on to the questionable injury report Monday and then Tuesday. All of a sudden, as of today... Uh, he is cleared and healthy, so we are unsure what happened there. Other than that, there is not too much to talk about in the injury world of fantasy football. There's really not. It's not a lot going on. Which, I mean, is is that a bad thing? 
uh, it's a better thing now. I mean, it, we've had so many injuries. It's 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 awkward at this point. It's weird. It's it's something we're not used to now. Yeah, right now I'm I'm used to having so much content on injuries, us discussions, and that now it's like, huh? So how's your day? No. Okay. Cool. No. Thank you. No. All right. No. So. So let's talk about some players that we want to cut ties with as a, you know, people that were touted to have pretty decent years that, you, you know, you should just drop, cut them, get rid of them and start looking somewhere new. So I'm going to start with Henry Ruggs and uh, dynasty wise. Obviously, you're not going to cut ties with him no. in redraft leagues. He was <coughs> sorry, I burped. OK, you're struggling a little yeah, bit. You, don't worry. You'll, you'll cut that out. OK. So Ruggs was struggling. I mean, he wasn't drafted very early. He or was drafted in the late late rounds, 11th, 12th round. And he had a lot of upside to him. After the first game, he caught a seven-yard pass. Unfortunately, got down at the one-yard line. And everybody started thinking, oh, this guy's going to be the next to Sean Jackson. He's worth holding. He's worth testing. He's getting a lot of deep shots. And then he has a one big play. And then everybody's kind of hyping on the hype train. And then uh, now it's kind of time for everybody to realize He's just not it. He's not a fancy viable option. I, th- I think we knew that after week two. I knew that. I, I don't know. After I, week he two. was after week two. I knew that he he's not a fancy viable option. He's not going to be a fancy viable option the rest of the year. Wide receivers do take a little bit longer, but also Derek Carr is not a deep ball thrower and hasn't been. He the one big game that Henry Ruggs had was. Kansas City, when he had that 72-yard touchdown from Carr, which was a beautiful play, but he he's not even that involved in the offense. Five targets is the max targets he's had this year. Is that, is that a viable option to be able to start anyone, even in your flex option? No, it's not. It you, really you need more volume than that. It really isn't. And the issue is, is I feel like he is so fast. He is so speedy. He's so shifty. He needs to get some swing passes. He needs to get some screens. He needs to get short intermediate routes. He needs to get the ball in space as every coach in the NFL would like to say. He needs to get Shanahan in a way. You know, the he, scheme needs to be better. The scheme needs to fit Henry Ruggs in order for something to change there. Because in my opinion, Derek Carr, he's going to be there a little bit longer. And that means Derek Carr is going to have to make Henry Ruggs work. Error, or I should say the coaching system needs to make Henry Ruggs work because Derek Carr, his deep ball is not bad, but he no. just doesn't slang it as much as you would like to, to make Henry Ruggs viable. And if that's going to be the case, then Henry Ruggs is just not fantasy viable. Yeah. He's not a gunslinger and I wish he was a little bit more of a gunslinger, but yeah, not fancy option. Cut him, feel comfortable about it. Get rid of him. Go, go, go on next on your list. I'm going to give you the floor. You're going to give me the floor. This, give is, the this floor. is your guy. My guy. This, this is your guy. Is he really my guy? This is 100% he your is guy. He is not my guy. I think we all know who he is. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. You drafted him in every league, right? No. You sure? Please don't insult me like that ever again. Did that hurt your feelings? Yes. Okay. T.Y. Hilton, that offense, first of all, he hasn't gotten over 69 yards. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? For what, two, three years? About about five. About about five. We'll we'll roughly say five. You know, no touchdowns this year at all. And Phillip Rivers looks absolutely atrocious. That that offense does not look good. T.Y. Hilton does not look good. Obviously, he's hurt. He might be back this week. But 
you're not starting him. Cut him. Forget about him. Don't worry about it. I'm staying away from that whole wide receiving core and that quarterback from the Indianapolis Colts. As as we said, right now there's more kids than touchdowns from Philip Rivers. T.Y. Hilton is just not fantasy viable, nor has he ever been because he's trash, right? True. True. Uh, Joshua Kelly. He has been the consistent factor in that Chargers offense, but he has been the least productive factor in that Chargers offense. Somehow he's been passed up by every single running back in that system, whether that's Austin Eckler to Tremaine Pope to Justin Jackson to Kenyon Balaj. Balaj looked good. People. Balaj, Balaj looked good. Balaj looked semi-decent. And to add to the fact, Kenyon Balaj played 41% of the snaps. He had 15 carries, three targets. Joshua Kelly, he played a surprising 52% of the snaps, but he's, he didn't play 52% of the snaps because he was supposed to. It was because Justin Jackson just decided he didn't feel like playing that day. And he really disappointed everybody that day. And Joshua Kelly still only had nine carries. He happened to get five targets, which helped save some type of fantasy potential. But he still didn't have any. He doesn't look good running the ball. He looks unexplosive catching the ball. And right now he is a handcuff. But he's not even necessarily that because he's getting passed up by every other running back on that depth chart. Yeah, I mean, he's more of a downhill runner. Lacks great start and stop ability is what I'm seeing. I don't know if you're seeing that same. I'm lacking any type of ability. (laughs) Dang, got him. So, Balazs looks good. And uh, Justin Jackson is going to be that main back. And we talked about it early on. We talked about it a while ago. Joshua Kelly is that new shiny little toy or was that new shiny little toy everyone thought it was going to be but Justin Jackson is going to be that viable option as long as he is healthy Joshua Kelly honestly cut him let him go he's not going to be a a viable option this whole year I'm done I don't want to waste my time with him yeah fully agree Michael Gallup he is the unfortunate guy that I have to talk about here because I don't want to talk about him I don't want to stand here in front of you today and discuss why you should cut Michael Gallup, but you're going to have to do it. You're standing? Uh, well, let's pretend I am. Okay. Yeah. We'll pretend you're standing. Let's pretend I'm standing. Okay. I'm standing over a podium looking real buff and handsome, good looking, muscular. Uh, what else? Nothing. Okay, cool. So, uh, I mean, you're the third receiving option on a team that cannot throw the ball. You're on, You're a third receiving option on a team that can't, Move the ball down the field. You're a third receiving option on a team that just isn't good offensively because Dak Prescott is gone right now. They are struggling to run the ball. They are struggling to pass the ball. They are struggling to score points. And all three are the bane of your existence if you're a wide receiver three named Michael Gallup on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Gallup is very talented. That whole wide receiving core is very talented. But there is not enough to go around, especially with Dak Prescott. That whole offense fell off a cliff without him, and then Andy Dalton got hurt, and then you had to get a third stringer in. Then you just you're battling a fourth and a fifth string. It, it doesn't look good. Amari Cooper is going to get him. He's going to get targets. It's His upside is not even close to what it should be um, because that offense just doesn't look good at all. I mean, I'm not I'm not ready to say Amari Cooper is droppable, no, but no, no, he's no, no. damn nowhere 
near startable. He's he's the number one option there. He's going to continue to be the number one option, and he's going to get the targets that you are expecting, but he's not going to get the production you're expecting. They do have to throw it to someone, and Amari's going to be the guy I think they throw it to. And I want to discuss the number two option, who I really think is the actual number one option. Let's hear it. Uh, is his name Jerry Judy? Sorry, yeah, sure. And Judy, Judy got traded to the Dallas Cowboys again. <laughs> Somehow, somewhere he did. You, you already you calling trades already? Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just that good of a predictor. So C.D. Lamb, he in my opinion is the actual number one receiver right now. He, he looks like he knows how to make plays, make some moves, get the ball out in some space, and make a couple guys miss. And he did that last week and was able to snag himself a nice little touchdown. He is the wide receiver I want in the Cowboys offense, but unfortunately that's not saying too much because there isn't too much production out of there. You want a wide receiver uh, from the Dallas Cowboys? No, not really. No, I'm saying if I had a wide receiver or had an option, I would pick him. Okay. I'll let you have the floor. Oh, goodness gracious. You're going to give me James White. James White. That, that you know, we go with scheme and talent all the time. We, we have this argument on a regular basis. And, uh, your boy, Bill Belichick, his team doesn't look good. And it is directly correlated and having effects on James White. And we already know James White is receiving back for that backfield, right? right? Five targets, four targets the last games. He's not a viable option, even in full point PPR to half point PPR. He's never going to get a massive amount of attempts. Five attempts massively for running the ball this year, that's his max. So when you have a floor that low, it's pretty much to the basement. So don't waste your time with James White. I don't see it increasing drastically. Maybe he has a game here or there, gets a whole bunch of receptions, but I'm not feeling comfortable starting him or even rostering him at any point. I mean, with Cam Newton at the helm, you thought... He would actually get an uptake in receiving yards, uptake in catches. He would be that PPR monster everybody thought he would be. But the opposite has actually happened. I mean, he's not getting any receptions. He's not getting yards. He's barely getting any playing time. Rex Burkhead's getting the nod over him. And now you have uh, all the other plethora of running backs in that depth chart. And they can't move the ball down the field consistently. They struggled against a New York Jets defense. And I don't see that getting any better anytime soon. So James White, unfortunately, you're just going to have to cut ties with him. He's just not a viable option for you in fantasy. Yes, absolutely. So Le'Veon Bell. Never heard of her. Is it odd he's on this list? No. Uh, You can make an argument either way. If you're keeping Lev Bell, you're thinking that Clyde gets hurt or they give him more touches. The issue is he's on the best offense in the NFL, and he's still not doing anything, literally at all. So and, I, and Clyde really didn't do much last game either. I mean, they both ha- – I mean, Clyde had five carries and five targets. Le'Veon Bell had four carries, one target. I mean, they did nothing with their touches. Yep. But you have to ask yourself, is Adam Gase right on Love Bell? Adam Gase has never been right on anything. But is he right on Lev Bell? Because Lev Bell just doesn't look good. He looks slow as molasses, can't turn a corner. He he almost looks like David Montgomery. Oh, that's a – Dave Montgomery's better right now. (laughs) Dave Montgomery's better right now. Absolutely. Let's face it. So do we think 
he got paid and then was like, I'm just going to worry about my rap career. Uh, I mean, he's not worrying enough because uh, <laughs> it's not the greatest. It's horrible. It's actually, well, I mean, so is, is Le'Veon Bell's rap career better than Adam Gase's coaching career? I go Adam Gase's coaching career. Adam Gase's coaching career is better than Le'Veon Bell's rap and career. And that hurt to say. Wow. Okay, so you know my feeling about that. Yeah, that, <laughs> I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to process this information. Do you right need now. a minute? Uh, yes. Uh, w- while I'm processing this information, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell he played 31 percent of the snaps, which isn't that bad considering you're a backup running back to a backup running back because Damian Williams still got a decent amount of snaps. Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. Sorry. And then Clyde Edwards he had 43 percent of the snaps. So this is this is bad for both running backs. This is bad for Clyde and bad for Le'Veon Bell because neither of them are getting anything productive going on. And as as of this point, it's whoever gets a touchdown. And can you actually predict who's going to do that? No, absolutely not. I mean, Clyde he did get a receiving touchdown, so his fantasy points got restored and recovered. But I mean, other than that, there was just nothing to him. Yeah, we told you not to draft Lev Bell this year. I I really hope you listened. I really do. Oh God! I mean, I feel like the writing was on the wall for Le'Veon Bell, but people I, just don't read, or they can't read, or they can't. So Mark Ingram is going to be our next cut guy, and such a heavy run team, but. The max rushing attempts that he's had this year is 11. Does that sound like a very good rushing team to you? You you would think Philip Lindsay gets more. You, Philip Lindsay probably does get more. Ouch. Uh, it does. It's sad to say, but Mark Ingram's getting old. They are mixing it up at running back. They're trying to get Dobbins in. They they drafted him for a reason, and then you have Gus Edwards is getting a decent amount of touches as well. Mark Ingram is hurt. He's been out for the last two games. I don't see when he comes back as him being the starter or even getting six or seven attempts a game is maybe what I'm seeing. Is that is that fair? It's fair because that team is struggling overall to really get anything going, whether that's Lamar Jackson, whether that's Gus Edwards, whether that's J.K. Dobbins, whether that's now Mark Ingram to the mix. I mean, when you have five people that could really ground and pound the ball – I mean, you're lucky you're getting 11 touches at most, right? Yeah. So if that's going to be the case, you're not a receiving back. They're having trouble throwing the ball. They had to sign Des Bryant to somehow muster up any type of juice to get to do that. And uh, I just don't want any shares of Mark Ingram. And uh, actually, I don't want any shares of anybody in that backfield. But Mark Ingram, most of all, is probably the most droppable. Absolutely. So Ronald Jones. Oh God. The 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 boy that it's he he didn't live because well clearly he just got killed by Fournette, but you know he, he, what he could have been. And unfortunately, when you fumble the ball consistently against a coach that has a uh, a diva ness to him. Are you calling are, him a diva? Yeah, I mean, Bruce Arians is a diva. He's the diva of coaches. I never thought a coach could be a diva, but he proved me wrong. And and 
he has a little pride to him. So if you fumble his ball, you're just not playing the game. And then now Leonard Fournette, he is known for holding the ball and securing it. And somehow, when you get set behind the way the Tampa Bay did against uh, the Saints, you would think Ronald Jones would be there for a decent amount of catches, decent playing time. But no, Leonard Fournette played 67% of the time and had six targets. Ronald Jones only played 30% of that game. That is uh, not fantasy viable. And I'm not sure what game script they were following for that to happen. But clearly, they're favoring Leonard Fournette at this point. Yeah. This is why I didn't want to deal with this backfield at all. First of all, I have no faith in Ronald Jones. I stated that in the beginning of the year. And with Fournette there, there is going to be a timeshare. You don't know who's going to get it. You also don't... It's going to be hot hand. And then I think Fournette is going to take over, obviously, the goal line role. Because if you found the ball... Are they going to feel comfortable with you in the red zone? No. Okay. So the upside is more of Fournette, and Fournette doesn't look that great either. That offense got absolutely destroyed by New Orleans. Fair to say? Yeah, that's that's more than fair to say. I, I think that's, that's karma, by the way. That's I think that's generous. I think that's karma. Yeah. Oh. You know, Antonio Brown, you get a guy like that in your locker room. Did it affect a game one already? <laughs> that, fast? that fast? That fast? I don't, I don't know. Ask Adam Gase. Because Adam Gase does the same thing with his, with his teams. So uh, it correlates. Who knows? But Ronald Jones, trade him, get rid of him, see if you can get anything for him. I don't want him on my team. Now give me the last guy on the list. The last guy on the list. You sure? Yes, please. Cam Akers. Ooh. Your boy Cam Akers. So that backfield is jumbled. You have Malcolm Brown. You have Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson looks... A lot better than Cam Akers. And, and Daryl Henderson doesn't look that great. <laughs> Malcolm Brown is the solid back there. I'm not touching. I don't want to see two people in the backfield that could get touches. And having three with a offense that doesn't look that great and L.A. look kind of looks in shambles a little bit, I'm staying away. I would try to get rid of him. Right now, but no one's going to give you anything. Yeah, so you said there are three people to potentially get touches. Cam Akers isn't even one of those because Cam Akers hasn't had a touch in a handful of games. He's only had one, uh, what is that, five snaps over the past three games. Uh, I mean, it's a little ridiculous to the fact that he was drafted actually so highly off pure hype and anticipation. Uh, we, We tried telling people, don't do it, don't do it. Fortunately, some people did it, and uh, they're paying the price because right now they're trying to find a way to dump Cam Akers, but there isn't really a way to dump him unless injuries happen. Right now, we're not exactly sure on Daryl Henderson's situation, but after getting the bye week to rest himself, I'm pretty sure he's going to be set and healthy enough to play this week. Uh, Other than that, Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown are going to be on the back burner, but Malcolm Brown is still going to get his when they play, which leaves Cam Akers left out in the cold. It's freezing out there. It's, it is freezing. It's it's pretty cold now. We're starting to get into winter. You need a jacket, maybe two jackets, a couple pairs of pants, some socks. Just light them on fire. He'll be warm. Ah. Yeah? It'll burn. Oh, it'll burn. A burn, baby, burn. <laughs> Anything it's else? Never. No, that is going to wrap up the cut tie list. But, of course, we got Thursday 
night football ahead of us in what should be a pretty decent divisional matchup. Finally, we get something semi-decent, should I say? Yeah. No, I, I mean, at least I get to watch Titans play. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that is true. We definitely want to see the Titans play. We got a lot riding on the Titans. Whether that is Tannehill, of course, he is a must-start. Whether that's Derrick Henry, of course, he is a must-start. Whether that's A.J. Brown, of course, he is a must-start. Must start. What about John U. Smith? Yeah. L- line he is a must-start. Must-start. So I do want to point out a quick small little fact for you. A small, a small little statistic for you. Let's hear it. Uh, Derrick Henry only played 53% of the snaps last week. Not concerned. You're not concerned? No. Are you concerned? I mean, he had 21 touches in those 53 snaps, but <laughs> 53% of the snaps. But, I mean, as something to keep an eye on. I mean, it's not like you could do anything about it because you're not trading Derrick Henry. You're probably not trading for Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry's still a must start, right? Yeah. he He's going to get fed on a regular basis. Don't even try to trade him. Just keep him. Line him up. Feel comf- comfortable with it. I'm not concerned about the workload. You get 21 touches, 21 carries. You're plenty good. There we go. All right, now let's move on to the opposite side of the football. Oh, God. Because, I mean, how confident are you in any of the Colts running backs, whether it's Jonathan Taylor, Wilkins, or Hines? Uh, you know, Taylor has not looked good. He is not. He really hasn't. Hines, you can make a play for a half or full point PPR to maybe a half point PPR, but I'm still not even feeling comfortable with that either. Philip Rivers is obviously not a start at all. Jonathan Taylor would be the guy I would flex. And would I feel comfortable with it? No, but there's a lot of running backs injuries right now. That's who I would go with. So Jordan Wilkins played 34% of the snaps. Yeah. Naheem Hines played... 34% of the snaps. Oh, and let me guess. Jonathan can do, Taylor. Can you do 32, the math real quick? 32%? Can you, play, can you do the math real quick? No, I didn't do 32%. Let's see. The, the 33 <laughs> plus 4. 30, 30, 34 plus 34 would be 68. Yeah, 32%. 32. That's, so a, that's actually pretty even math. Yeah. You, so I was correct. You, what are you, a mathematician? <laughs> You're pretty good. It took me a while there. You're pretty good. <laughs> uh-huh. Pretty good. Maybe. Who knows? So, I mean, they are, they have an actual running back by committee going on over there. So, I mean, it is a dead even 30% split. I don't know if that was just a coincidence this week, but it is what happened. And Wilkins had 11 carries. Naheem Hines, he had two. I don't feel comfortable starting Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I mean, right as of right now, all three of them are startable. You're just kind of hoping one of them gets a touchdown because all three of them are touchdown dependent. You just don't know which one's going to do it. Yeah, you're risking it. You're risking it. That's definitely sure. a risk it for the biscuit type play. But uh, what kind of biscuit can you get out of this? Not a very good biscuit. There, there just isn't it's, a ceiling. It's a flex option. It's a flex. That, and it's not a comfortable. But with how many RBs that are injured right now, you might have to do that. And if there's bias, you you might have to do that. And you're not going to feel good about it. But you draft him so high, you're probably not going to have another option unless you have a James Robinson. Yes, that is true. I do think uh, you're 100% correct there uh, but this Titans defense isn't even that great so I feel like it is exposable with Jonathan Taylor or whichever running back you have so I'm not comfortable I'll do it though is that fair yeah I mean Jadavian Clowney they just wasted money on him that was such a waste <laughs> yeah it was and not a surprise when third when 31 teams aren't paying what you think he should be getting 
There's a reason. There's a reason. So that other that one lonely team should not budge, and somehow uh, the Titans did, and they're paying for it. So I that wraps up. Anything on the Colts? I, I before we go, anything on, else on the Colts that you want to talk about? Start, please. Like a, whether that's a Pascal Pittman Jr. Please no, no, please no. Mo Ali Cox. I'm good. You're good. I'm staying away. Alrighty. So that wraps up this episode of Top Tier Tactics. Of course, Chris, do you have a send off for everybody? Good luck this week. We will uh, see you very very soon. And uh, check out our new video on YouTube. Oh, of course, we're gonna be uploading some daily skits. Hopefully you guys enjoy them. Other than that, good luck everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at tttfantasyfootball.com and follow us on Instagram at Top Tier Tactics. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. 